Hi everyone, good to see you here. Welcome to the Stars and Startups podcast with me, Varun Gumbiri. The podcast is where we get up close and personal with interesting founders and doers from the Indian startup ecosystem. On the podcast, we hear illuminating stories of entrepreneurship and the journey of building a business. Today, we speak with a founder who has built a company in a space that has been now coined as the future of work. We dig into the concept as well as hear from Niranjan on how the business has evolved over the years. Today, the startup boasts of more than 300 brands that have used their solution to run micro jobs and gigs. This includes some big names like Samsung, Starbucks, Spotify, Universal Music, Puma, and a lot, lot more. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening to it. If you've already done that, then do share it with your friends who may enjoy hearing these stories as well. Okay, thanks for listening and let's say hi to Niranjan Nakhate. Hey guys, today we have Niranjan Nakhate of FRAP, now called Footwork, on the Stars and Startups podcast. FRAP is a company that I came across many years ago while I was working at Citrus. Uh, Niranjan and his co-founder built FRAP, basically focusing on working with college students. This is a time when a lot of deal companies, deal sites were making hay and FRAP was, I wouldn't say making hay at that time, but they were a company that wanted to help college students. And it was a very interesting value prop that they offered and they had amazing um, kind of signups and, and utilization by these students. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to kind of share that story of how that started. And, uh, you know, here we have Naranjan. Hey, Naranjan, how are you doing? Hey, hi, Varun. I'm doing well. Uh, um, welcome to the show. Back. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Uh, this is great. Uh, my first podcast, so I'm slightly nervous. <laughs> but I hope I kind of hey, we're we're going to make you feel uh, comfortable here. Thank you. Thanks a lot. What's lockdown been for you? What have you been doing? I still always cook, but I think I've started cooking a lot more, especially on the weekend. I think everyone in our family loves to cook, so that's, that's great. Uh, but I started baking also, which is something I never thought I'd do because it just requires patience and precision. Uh, so that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Apart from that, when I think I'm pretty good at pocha right now, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> getting used to general things. But yeah, I also trying to pick up a few hobbies, trying to read more, listening to a lot more podcasts. I think initially, like, you know, for me, like I used to travel like an hour to office. And mm. since that went away completely, all those activities went away. So right. listening to say a podcast or reading, reading articles, Twitter. So I think initially it was that, but now I think kind of fix those things back into the schedule. So that's, that's great. Um, how's the team taking uh, lockdown? How, how large is the team actually? So we are around 28 people right now. Uh, mm. we, we were around the same number of people during when the lockdown began too. So incidentally, uh, like a week before the actual Maharashtra lockdown, I think Maharashtra started a week before the national lockdown happened. I think I had just come back from Bangalore for after like a couple of days there. And I was like, dude, this is, this is going to be something because I'm seeing people wear masks. And uh, Arman and I incidentally were supposed to leave for the US in, uh, oh. in a week that time. And uh, we decided, okay, you know, let's do one thing. Let's do like a, a trial work from home Friday. Right. Uh, and, uh, we did that and we told people, you know, take all the stuff home that you have and get it back on Monday if required, but just take everything. And, uh, then I think over that weekend, Bombay saw a lot of cases and we were like, okay, we just need to work from home now. 
but in that trial day <laughs> i think like the first half of march just became like a permanent lockdown uh, right. and uh, then we actually encouraged some of our employees to go back to their hometowns before the entire lockdown was started in fact they got you know restart to our thing if they could do it and we were like please go ahead and just stay yeah. safe and i think the yeah. first I, i i think i told uh, i think it was a year and so i told all our investors and also that it's like an agni pariksha for all our processes and you know you yeah. build a team in a very different like hands on way where people are working speaking to each other so that was a change we like stopped all whatsapp communication moved everything to slack uh, right. you know trying to set a little more agendas for meeting uh, the only thing i think we lose out we also read that recently is that a lot of things would happen like uh, in a very serendipitous like serendipity in an office right you know you're just moving around right. and you're like oh why don't we try this and you know, that happened that is something that we're missing paul graham also recently you know tweeted about it and arman also told me that that's what we like kind of miss in office uh, but yeah i think over time i think we'll try to get that what what do you mean by missing an office is is the fact that you could experiment and and share um thoughts and opinions very quickly and implement it is that yeah. what it is yeah i think that was it was more real time like feedback and real time conversations yeah. that were happening so now we're trying to kind of include all of that into the flow i think and obviously like every company trying to tell people to over communicate yeah. so yeah. hopefully is is there a is there a slack group as a miscellaneous where you just add random things now that hey i had this yeah. thought let's talk about it yeah i think it is in like different slack channels we there is slack channels just like scale up really fast so we have a few yeah. couple of like cool slack channels one for skills like just to share anything that you learn and the other thing is mm. uh, for what we call chai wala below office so you can just share random stuff memes basically like break time stuff and right. uh, yeah get like people like send photographs of what they're eating and things like that so i think that keeps like you know that was the environment in office so i think that's something that which keeps going but yeah uh, a lot of people like are uh, doing like stuff with the other teams also so we did like this mm. thing on a friday where you made a smaller team inside with multiple right. sales execution and tech and like come up with mm. solutions so you got a broader idea yeah a lot of the employees of frap are very young just like the founders yeah. was that by design because you we were targeting students initially yeah um actually no i think we were <laughs> uh, the first phase of hires were i think people who we knew uh within our network so we got them on board just to help us kind of get going our first like uh, hire was shri who still leads the sales and uh it was very impressive because he came to the meeting it was like he interviewed us he just gave like a document saying that you know this is what you guys need to do and we're like okay you know why don't you join us and do it with us so it, it was it was pretty cool like that but um i think that was the first hire and uh, we 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 hired young for a couple of reasons one because um, we we really picked like you know good students from good colleges in the initial days mm. uh you know who who done more than just study so even if the academic records were probably not great but you know they were popular on campus and it helped us in both ways because uh, rightfully that you know we could probably get the word out on campus we had like a great ambassador program on campus a few of them like continued working with us so i think that was the initial design but i think as the company mm. started scaling you know we also added people with 
more experience and more skill and also give opportunities to people internally to kind of scale up uh, right. and uh, kind of scale to taking on more responsibility so i think that is one thing that we are very proud of that you know uh, a lot of the team is in a sense like we've been able to give out leadership positions to people who have this as their first job and are kind of learning on the go because for us also it was a very similar experience uh you know starting at 21 i think when arman and i uh you know we were in college when we decided to launch a student discount card and uh, it was actually like an extension of like the final year project which arman was working on he was a year senior and uh, i think that was the initial thought we spoke to a lot of vendors unfortunately it kind of didn't take off the way we wanted it to mm. uh then after your arman work i graduated worked for a bit and uh, you know this was again all three geo times and at that point we remember like having a chat there is so much potential of targeting the youth and at that time we used to like 33 million students in higher education uh and we also had a in nineteen we had a very warped view of like what the youth was we consider right. it to be very homogeneous to someone studying in a college like us right hmm. uh and that wasn't the case you said there were 33 million users on the platform at that time no no there were those many students in higher education in india ah okay yeah. i mean i was like wow he's taken over the whole uh, uh, I, i was like i didn't know that number before arman had done this has this project in in college yeah um, yeah yeah and then you guys went off to work but this kept knowing at you to say okay can we actually solve it uh, can we do something about it how do you guys come back to the problem there and what do you define as a problem i think at that time the vision was very clear for us it was uh, you know we need to get we need to bring like the concept of student discounts to india right uh, and uh, I, I, because globally student discounts is such a popular concept right and uh, what we realized when we started building it was that there is the penetration of say a .edu email id itself is very low right uh, less than a percent of students would probably have a equivalent .ac.in email id or a university email id uh, so when we got a few of the customers on board uh, i think one of some of the large customers actually brought that up that you know how do we where if i had stored it was easy but like online was really where the uh, where it became very interesting and that's where we kind of started building the you know, the first digital student id validation validation kind of mm-hmm. service for india um, and i think that really helped us to scale because it became like a very unique proposition um and uh, we 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 got a lot of traction we got a lot of large brands uh but i think at that phase and like in the e-commerce everyone was allowed like yeah. you didn't want to yeah. probably segregate saying that student was a non student but we still got a lot of companies especially fnb uh, delivery platforms etc using us for new user acquisition a lot of uh, businesses build their pieces around students right they say hey, students have this kind of money this is what they want to buy this is the price point they have and they went and built businesses right um were they the ones coming forward and saying hey tell us who these are and are these actually students yeah for especially from a lot of e-commerce companies and that's why we also decided that you know this uh, and as we started adding uh, i think we made the the policy of that you know if you add more things to the platform at 20 to 20 it really thought that it would work out that way right you know we we'll add a little more 
a flavor to the platform and it'll increase the number of students who are coming in because it is it is a business right. that requires like millions of people transacting every day and i don't think that uh, at that point you know students would barely make a very small population of the online transacting economy right um and um, so there were a lot of these businesses who were like trying to kick off at that time uh, or were like very student focused brands like a mcdonald's being a customer for a very long time uh and we had them like i think at one point drive uh offer driven sales primarily all the offer driven sales for the youth was being done by us and uh, i i think at that point we we decided okay there is uh you know let's deep dive and understand like why isn't it going from like say one to on a scale of 100 one to two right you know why is it at this level and that's why we actually started trying to understand our audience better and uh, i think that's where it was the it really changed for us right because we'd worked a couple of years on this and uh, we realized that there is a lot more that the 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 youth generally wants and uh, when you when you look at the the pocket money right that they when we did like an understanding i mean do this even now it it's it was shocking that even in a city like bombay you know it's around on an average it would be around 600 a month and at a median it's around 650 yeah. Ish a month, uh, sorry, I think a little bit wrong, but it, it, the idea is it's around that, it's around that level, right? right. And um, I think that really this is in Bombay. Hard thing. This is in Bombay. So I'm not even talking about like, uh, and the, at at a similar <laughs> time there was this study which was published and it uh, in the newspapers about like you know student pocket money being eight thousand rupees in Pune and seven thousand rupees in Bombay, and it was literally like if you talk to hundred students mm-hmm. in, and I can tell you, yeah. if you go to a HR, Jahin, and MIMS. If you go to these colleges, you'll get those numbers. But broadly, if you step into like even even tier one colleges, right? Yeah. There's actually yeah. nothing to spend. You're getting a train pass. You're getting food from home. Yeah. So you're probably going out once a month. In because I know in Pune they have a lot more residential colleges, and in yeah, Bombay yeah, yeah. maybe there's more. Uh, I think they call them base scholars, right? So would that yeah. really have affected? Yeah, I mean, eight thousand is still back in the day. Still not that much more, but Pune obviously had the was the highest because a lot of people coming from outside was an education hub. But still, it didn't like it didn't mandate for us to kind of keep focusing on that problem a lot, mm-hmm. right? Because we realized mm-hmm. that we are going to be targeting a very small percentage of people who would graduate. And uh, what made more sense was to create like a uh, a tool which businesses can integrate. To right. on their own platform, and that's where we kind of started moving in that direction. And we looked at okay, how do we add more value to these people? Right, because the more we tried to understand them, it started coming uh, through us. There is so much difference, right? You don't even have to go outside Bombay, right? You just travel from one part of Bombay to the other, and you'll see like all the principals and professors that we spoke to, spoken to have have not had a placement cell in their college. Right, yeah. so I think if I go and tell that to anyone, they, it, it, it's it's <laughs> just so shocking because you're like, oh, how do these people get jobs? And uh, so for some of them, the best case scenario is just that you know one of the com- these companies or these depots will just come and just take like hundred students and it's off their hands. And when you go outside urban areas, right, I think that's where uh, and we spoke to like uh, some students across the country. Uh, and like the advantage of having a digital product is that everyone can. Sign up, right? So you get an opportunity to speak to each and every person. 
and uh, you will just realize that they are being educated but i like there's no there are no opportunities and no value, uh, yeah. we launched yeah yeah so keeping that in mind i think we started uh kind of changing direction and mm-hmm. started realizing that okay this is going to be a larger value add to the lives of our users than giving them offers which they probably don't have the money to spend so so you uh, you kind of moved away from offers and you started focusing on value add and what did that look yeah. like yeah so initially the idea was and we like all of us had done internships and the, or we had and we had this rule from day one that we'll never have unpaid interns that in mm-hmm. our team at least because uh, you know it, it is just cruel right so and it, and it's it is it's not like a paid internship where you get say free food in office actually like we'll pay you and right. a lot of our like initial heavy lifting was done by a couple of great interns who kind of went ahead and started their own companies later um and uh, i think that really kind of set an understanding that okay there are internships are important but again there is it's like the access to internships are few the demand is probably not that high a lot of mm-hmm. the companies which would want to do it would probably do it for free and that's why like we realized like a lose 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 situation right because the person who's doing the internship is not getting too much out of it and i'm not want to generalize this a lot of internships are great right but if you look at the broader scheme of things most of the students don't have access to it right here like we used to always say that you know you can always call an uncle and get an internship somewhere right but yeah. um, you move move outside the city limits and you will see that that becomes slightly difficult in fact very difficult the second was that for the companies it became a challenge to manage interns because they would want to probably do get work done from them but at times you know it's it's difficult right you have college you have a lot of things to manage and ultimately we were not making anything out of it right is the a us comparable to an internship website i think i read on one of the press releases yeah. that their largest paying customer pays them $300,000 a year to hire interns right i don't think that is the combined earnings of internship platforms in india for internships Right. right so uh there was literally no market for internships right? because if i can get it if i'm not paying the person who's working i'm not going to pay the platform so building an internship platform was never the idea so we launched something called workx initially on the pla- idea as a, on the platform as a pilot right you, know, you okay. get experiences for which you get paid right uh, mm-hmm. so the first ones we did were like you know work with the music festival right so you mm-hmm. get to you get paid you get to be there uh for four days uh and we kept adding like you become an on ground scout for an fmcg company uh do research on ground these were all like initial shoots of you know what we were planning and at that time neither i don't think even we looked at it as doing gigs we just looked at it as like can we give earning opportunities to people right like right. uh, and uh, predominantly students because uh, to be honest like that was the low hanging fruit right? students and marketing teams were the ones we had access to So we went to marketing yeah. teams and said that what do you want to get done for paid? Like you can't get it done for free. Like there's no barter. You have to pay people, and we take a cut out of it. And uh, I think that's where they started seeing that okay, you know, why don't we use them for promotions on campus? Why don't we use them for promotions on social media? So we kind of started building with that, yeah. and we built the platform. I think that gave us a lot of insight to kind of build the platform. So I think this was uh, around 2018, so quite some time after we started. I think we also mm. grew a a lot more in that sense from being twenty one to kind of twenty five probably at that time. <laughs> to understand what is that? Wait, so you're saying, so you're saying that um, 
all these companies when they were pushed to have to pay their interns they started looking at tasks that they could give them uh including you know for events for uh, other activities that they could do uh hence they were paying was that kind of the yeah. so yeah. if you if you broadly like uh, and what we now call them are like gray collar jobs right or uh, a lot of the gigs and the reason why this model that we are working on is important because a lot of these jobs are standardized right uh, yeah. it is difficult to pay someone when the output is not defined in a gig model right if if the output is very well defined and you know that success is the success is putting up a poster on campus right yeah. so i know that i can go ahead and put up a poster on campus and on accepting proof we can pay that person so we started seeing that a lot of these companies just wanted like stuff which was very standardized in nature and right. that's why it was easy to productize it at first there were obviously some quality requirements which were there which we productized later on uh but over over time we were able to kind of set the standard and the pricing in the industry right? okay this is how things are going to work here and got right. a chance to work with some really large brands uh even in like like the gig space in marketing right whether it is called right. influencer marketing or whether it is called content creators or whether it's called on ground promoters i think we 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 looked at it from a more like get a job get money for finishing right that right. was as simple as that so yeah. i remember you mentioned to me that uh, one of the gigs i used to get was just posting on tiktok to get a hashtag to start trending um yeah I I thought that was a super interesting use case. How did that? I mean, was that something you guys recommended that could work, or did the brand just show up and say, "Hey, you have hundreds of uh, students. Can we get them to start uh, a trend on TikTok?" What was the genesis of that? Uh, so it was usually linked to like brand campaigns that were running. Uh, uh, in, in like, if you see a lot of the influencer marketing that is done has a engagement rate of say between two to six percent. Uh, the kind yeah. of people that we were having on the platform were not influencers in the real sense right? they were more everyday people so they were having yeah. a lot higher engagement so between 15 to 25 at times 30% so the audience was more engaged with them right and they were a lot of this was a part of the natural uh, you know the natural dynamic of their social media presence so we we had we had some brands like that was for a, a long part of the last year we used to do a lot of these gigs uh where we converted a lot of these people into like marketing everyday youth influencers and help brands kind of tap into their network and you know measure how uh awareness was generated impact was generated via all these campaigns that they ran via our platform so i think that was the initial like i wouldn't say that you know that's the direction we're heading in but i think that that was like the initial start because it was just to be honest as i said it was a low hanging fruit right for us like marketing teams and students were like okay we have already have this let's experiment with the gig model with this and uh, i think that's where it all started and uh, the the obviously like you know the students used to love it right and we saw people yeah. participating on the platform and because suddenly like they are now able to monetize their own social media and make say mm. 1 1/2 rupees a month right and uh, uh, that's the point where we were like okay now like can we go deeper into this right why should yeah. we stop here and why should we stop at marketing and why should we stop at students right and uh, when we actually ran uh, like again an internal we keep doing this every try to understand like the income levels of our audience yeah. and uh, what are yeah. they doing we realize that a lot of uh, while around 
60% of them were students uh around 12% of them were gra- had graduated and are looking for jobs uh for some they were uh, you know close to around again 15 odd percent were already freelancers right helping okay. companies either working on a gig job uh with a company doing delivery or some on ground work right and you were like, okay there is there are people who want to earn more money and we should be the de facto platform for them to do that right and i think uh, that you know gigs in the original sense i think four five years back it was always considered to be a side hustle right you know right. i uh, something like a moonlight thing i don't yeah right, where you like you know kind of work on uh, something on a project at night right? or tasks right like um, i mean if you remember uh, about Six seven years ago, Task Rabbit was a huge topic in the in at least in the American market, and those were gigs, right? Gig could be, uh, you know, I could be a plumber, I could be yeah. something else, I could, uh, I need uh, groceries picked up for me, right? It could be something so mundane that I yeah. can't step out of the house right now, and somebody does that job for me. Um, one of the most famous ones I've seen was. uh somebody could stand in line uh for a movie premiere to get the ticket then i would go and basically pay that person to collect the ticket and yep. say hey thanks for standing in line right um for for me that's my image of a gig of doing all these random tasks that you nasty wouldn't want to spend time doing where your time is more valuable than somebody else's time and you're basically paying them for their time and that's how you do the barter Yeah, I, I I think that was I think that was the uh, that was the idea of a gig in everyone's mind, right? That I think the idea of part-time jobs is not new, and the idea of part-time jobs on the internet is also not new, right? I think uh, I think the first day one of the internet happened, and someone put an ad saying earn ten thousand rupees a month just by working on Google. Right? So <laughs> part-time job yeah. ads started coming, and they you know started seeing a lot of interest. So you know, obviously there was. uh people earn money there's a lot of trust trust that which it also over that and so it's not new to do part time jobs it's not new for people to uh you know do a second job it was but it was always looked at as a side hustle right? but when you start looking at there are so many people who are yeah. not currently in like the formal economy and need want to move into the formal economy right so, you know you and uh, uh you know there, there's an initial notion that you, ha- you know people have to come to jobs uh but i think with gigs you can actually take jobs to people also right uh and i think that is what our realization was in the last uh you know year or so that you know we have so many people who are uh you know there are going to be people who always looked at this as a casual earning platform but those were not the people we spoke to people on the platform who saw this as a way of earning money right uh saw this as supporting when your household income is around 15000 rupees a month right uh and you know that's around 30% of our audience and below 30000 rupees a month comes to around almost 60% of our audience i think at that point you are like okay any additional money that you earn has to be valuable and the more you earn the better right so the gig economy works on a very simple math that uh the more skill you have and the more time you can put the more money you make right so you have at the top of the spectrum is uh say uh, a ui ux designer who is very well skilled right which is like right. pure white collar and i'm like you know if you get my time it it's this expensive this is the price of my time 
right on the other end of it is completely blue collar work um and there's a large segment and you know service hiring is like the fastest growing sector so the large segment of people what are now being defined as gray collar jobs where you need certain amount of skill is not very mm-hmm. high skill um but you know the tasks are very standardized right uh, so someone doing sales so they don't have to spend so they don't have to spend that much mind uh, power to do those jobs yep. so you and yep. you and it's very defined where they don't have to really yep. have to decide or or create any value uh, all they have to do is yep. just do um, like a mechanical turk right so that there's not much thought oh uh, no not more than a mechanical turk i think uh, i think what mechanical turk forgets is that a lot of the people doing jobs are human right uh, and you don't want people to game the system in the long run you want people okay. to you know depend mm-hmm. on the platform to make good income right something that affects their life and uh, uh, i think that is the objective right can you create people uh, who are self employed and on a month on month basis can mm-hmm. earn a significant amount of money and i right. think that is the you know direction that we are very very focused on so internally also for us like you know we call them footworkers now and we are like okay the only two objectives are like more footworkers have to earn and more uh and more footworkers actually have to earn more money so you increase the number right. of footworkers who are earning and increase their income and that is like that defines like success internally for us so frap now is called footwork and this is something yeah. you rebranded recently and i'm guessing that is short for future of work uh you probably yeah. just kind of put it together uh we'll come to that in a second I'll, i'll talk i want to talk to you a little bit about that um so you moved away from discounting student validation etc to now uh, offering gigs on footwork and this transition has happened with only students or have you now expanded to a larger base of users who are now on the platform doing these gigs what has been the transition in your customer base um so we we are now open to all kinds of users on, on the platform uh and what we did initially was that uh, you know we ran this pilot where we encouraged the students on our platform to you know ask their parents if they wanted to get gig work right there the kind of work that someone wants at that age is probably different right uh, you are not going to be a you know going to post on social media there are restrictions right so say right. so i think yeah. lot has been spoken about like the potential of of work of moms who are at work who to a decision to stay at home right and uh, i think that is that is like a that's like a pool of people that we've been interacting with a lot and we've done few pilots with them uh, just to understand you know how uh, how we can give them working opportunities which are more valuable right so now as we move towards more serious gigs which are in terms of counseling in terms of calling uh in terms of uh, you know driving sales for a particular company which don't require you know you to move about too much but require 4 to 5 hours of time in a day i think those are the kind of gigs where we are seeing more adoption from uh that community uh the mom community uh then there are people who are probably uh who lost their jobs or who have not gotten employment for them you know just to give an example of speaking to like five people from agra uh last week and i spoke to them about like you know are you interested in working on these particular projects uh right. and you know the, 
at first like around two out of those five said they are interested on working on this project uh i got like two callbacks saying that you know in the morning you called me and i actually want to understand how the entire gig economy works so there is a lot of education to be done there because you are not getting a traditional offer letter you don't have to report to a boss uh, yeah, on a daily yeah. basis right so uh, it, it is about how much time and effort you want to put in and i right. think that's where uh, i think for us the uh, the change has been in the last 4 to 5 months was the importance of skilling right so for us uh, that was that that was like a piece that we've been missing and it wasn't that we weren't training people to do gigs on the platform it is just that we were training them too late were training them after they got into a project right okay. so uh, we 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 kind of took that on and we are now building on that and i think that is a large part of the footwork rebrand story also right uh, because with frap it was uh, for the largest amount of time we our, our tagline was students only because you could not access the platform without having a valid student document right okay. uh, so we wanted to kind of break away from that uh, okay. and kind of this is the new direction that we want to see just taking a thread from the last point that we made on the future of work i know you've talked a little bit about this uh, prior on on what businesses are doing right now to kind of keep their costs low and increase or or rather be able to do a lot of these tasks that don't necessarily require a full time employee and all the costs that come with it is that happening across the board are more companies embracing it i i think there are two things to it i think and uh, uh you know what the covid situation and the pandemic situation is kind of uh forcing businesses in a way to make that change right i think you have to look at two things one is uh how expensive is it to hire and train someone in a city where you don't have an office right so initially businesses are very comfortable growing into the four metros then the eight say the eight top cities and saying that okay we can have some presence here and you know train a team but that also comes with its own expense and i think the biggest challenge especially in the area that we are working in is attrition if you're losing 30% of your staff in a month uh, uh you know that's basically hiring costs four times a year so we estimate that we can help save costs around 30 to 35% in this segment uh right now uh i think one thing that is going to be uh what companies will i think cost is the first factor but the second is going to be the speed of distribution right to be able to you know be have an office in say where you are say in bangalore and you know, be able to kind of have people on ground and that's the kind of work that we've done like recently like some recently something that we've done have been in like far off pin codes uh which are technically come would come under chennai but right. no one in chennai will actually travel 50 kilometers out to work right so you have to find someone there and get them the job so for a company which is like kind of looking to build distribution right this becomes a channel for them to not have uh, on ground teams on the payroll uh, and since its cost of sales is a lot of it is variable and that's where we come in where we want to build like a trained on ground force which you can okay. take up and so you know assign and kind of they start working for you so the speed of distribution will be something that will be very important for a company in the future how do you acquire users in all of these other locations then because i would imagine there's some process you follow if you want to 
reach a, a wider geography yeah um uh, to be honest we get like around 2000 odd users every day on the platform of sign up oh, wow. right and i don't think like the number of people looking for jobs is ever going to be a problem um and uh, you know that is that's always people are always going to look for i think what we are doing now and we actually push an update for it is to kind of you know understand internally who are the casual users and who are the ones right. who are you know looking at this from a full time work perspective that's right? so improving our onboarding process and running an experiment on that as we speak uh, so i think as i said you know being a digital product you can't stop people from joining the platform and that's why we always see oh, we don't have a project in um our city <clears throat> and uh, at that time you realize that we currently don't have work for you there but now the kind of work that we are getting on the platform is uh, it's something which is permanent in nature right and it's predominantly okay. pan india right so you can work month on month uh, on the same project right so mm-hmm. say if i have to uh, sell to a kirana i have to sell a product to a kirana store i can actually yeah. sell to all the stores in my locality in my city and that's why we are actually defining it that work from your home mm-hmm. and locality right and there will be multiple such projects that keep coming up for people uh which they can take can you up. give some examples can you give some examples of what you don't have to uh, it's all geography dependent because i would imagine like if a lot of these tasks involve going out in your locality doing other things would you yeah. know i i don't know too many brands that are not focusing on some of these larger cities right tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 um and then probably gets a lot lesser of an impact driver when it goes to smaller towns um yeah if you're getting that many people signing up from all of these locations if you're saying 60000 to 100000 users sign up on a on a monthly basis uh that means you're racking up a lot of gig workers who probably is waiting to do something yeah i i won't call all of them gig workers i think they're all just like exploring platforms Uh, okay. where they can make money so that's why the experiment to kind of know who's the one uh, who's looking to kind of make this as a way of life in a in a yeah. size, in, if if i just put it like that but there are there are so many gigs right so uh, just think about like a uh, like we recently with the footwork launch we launched this product called tring which is a distributed telecalling um workforce right you know you can these are people okay. who are trained and you can uh, you can uh, get them on a per minute basis you don't have to like uh, like a traditional call center get a seat for x number of months and uh, you now you can be anywhere and do this job right you don't have to be in bombay uh, because the the job is in bombay right? you don't have to go to any office to do it. so i think that becomes interesting there are so many companies which are looking to scale up distribution right companies are uh, like one of the projects that we are doing for a company for lead generation right uh, which is only in tier 2 and tier 3 cities right there are projects which are pan india where you can you can be from any part of the country uh, and you can because you have to sell a product uh, and yeah. that product could be within your network that product could be uh, to from a business, from a larger business to an smb so i think that's also like a large use case that we are seeing in like come 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 up right now where it's a large business they are targeting small businesses uh and they need a distribution channel in those cities uh right. and i think that's where you know gig workforce will be very valuable for these companies so you know if i want to sell to a, a kirana store right uh, and that kirana store can be in any part of the country 
right need not be uh, if it's a, it depends on the product obviously there are a lot of permutations or combinations there which businesses might want but at a broader level it can be in any part of the country so i think that's where the idea of that you, know, you can take the job to the person now right if yeah. you can if effect, effectively train them to do that job and they can probably do that for multiple non competing companies so if i have to do this for Uh, a large client would i pay would i get paid about 20 bucks 30 bucks 50 bucks um um see again it de- depends on how much you want to make right? so a top owner would make like around 13 to 15000 rupees mm-hmm. a month right so uh, that means the people who are putting in the time to earn so i just like you know is going to some of the earnings and every friday we pay out uh, uh the foot workers on the platform and someone earned around 9000 rupees for that week right so they probably like put in extra hours during that week and earned money so if you if you put in more time you get paid more right but the calculation is very simple you have to do x of thing right so if you okay. have to do if you have to make a sale and you get paid 4000 rupees a sale and that's actually a project that we are doing right now we are just saying that you have to make four to five sales a month right uh, and you earn 16 to 20000 rupees the math is very simple and we'll guide you and train you to do that so the training is built in within the platform so uh and obviously businesses are very supportive because they are getting access to uh, a workforce without having to spend on hiring or put the effort in hiring yeah. right so, or managing these people yeah. which yeah, also yeah, is extremely yeah. high cost uh when you're dealing yeah. with a certain workforce so yeah. is the only requirement for these folks to have a mobile phone be technologically savvy in some way or form yeah so the, the entry barrier in that sense is very low uh, that you can start working and get start getting trained at least just with a smartphone right uh, and uh, some projects might require you to have a laptop some projects might require you to have a bike and we collect all this information okay in the profile of the user right so we can also match them with the correct mm-hmm. job for them uh okay. we take the pin code so we know that if there's a job in your pin code specifically you can take that uh so the entry barrier in that sense is low but uh to actually start being successful you need to put in the effort and that's where i think we'll start focusing more on this year now where we you know get them to put in that effort and get them to what we call like the first like point of success right make the first earn the first income Right, because we we've seen that they are the ones who are more active. They like, go, you know, over a six month period, would have like a sixty percent retention uh, on a six month cohort. Right, so we know that earning makes people happy. Yeah. So we are like streamlining <laughs> and getting more people to that point. And post that, you know, then the journey changes. Now we just want to teach them to do more of it. Right. Yeah. Once they've tasted blood, they want more. Right. So the yeah. moment you get get access um you know that it's a money is a is a good drug in itself uh for people to want to it's also uh, it's also trust building right because like most of uh and we we started the friday payouts very recently and before that it used to be per project now it's like every friday you mm-hmm. create earnings and we pay you. uh and that really improves trust because you don't know whether if i'm putting yeah. like eight hours in a week am i going to get paid for it right so yeah. once you get paid that's a great point something. Yeah. No, it's a great point. I think trust deficit is definitely uh, runs deep in India, and you know if you're able to change that, uh, I believe a lot of ride-sharing companies also started doing that 
uh, in India, right? Because they needed yeah. to give people, uh, and a lot of people earn on a daily or a weekly basis. They need that to survive yeah. or do other things. So yeah. I think it it has that kind of approach. Um, Nirajan, this is amazing. I, I love what you've kind of taken as a concept and then how you and Arman have driven this, um, you know, to kind of a gig model for India. Uh, I'm guessing you're extremely profitable given a lot of his tech and, you know, there are people on the ground and you're, you, you probably make a cut from every transaction that happens. I think that part of the business model, I think that is great because it also keeps the us aligned to the vision, right? Because if gig workers earn more money, then we earn more money. It's very simple. Yeah. So like we're just trying That's to drive that vision. Yeah, I think we just trying to drive that vision internally. Also, like you know, when people are making decisions, and this has been like a learning, uh, a part of the learning for us in the journey, right? Having that a very clear north star, I think, which we've had now, uh, and we've like cut things out from what we built to get to this and uh, so now that we know that okay if everyone in the team knows that if we make this decision does this mean uh footworkers is going to earn more money or more yeah. footworkers are going to start earning money like if one of those things is happening then you're making the right, right decision and uh yeah and we make a cut whenever someone earns so i think that is i think you know uh that that keeps us true <laughs> to the vision also uh, of that or what we have in this journey you started when you were early 20s and you know you've been running this business for what six years now seven years yeah six years i think we uh the first year i think i don't know what we'd call it we just launched a wordpress website and okay. uh i think that was the uh initial phase of that and then we kind of uh you know scaled up the website for student offers mm. but yeah we were 20 i was 21 arman was 22 so really new to like doing this and kind of trying and experimenting with uh you know what is happening and just building stuff at that time what really helped you because i i you know you become a ceo at 21 uh, of course it's your own company so you can call yourself whatever um how did you kind of think through it and and what has been your learning over the last five six years how you uh developed yourselves what have you been doing yourself um i think initially we weren't very uh concerned about we were just concerned about doing things right we were like okay we just do something every day and see what the impact of that is um and uh i think the first book i read was lean startup um, hmm. so if you're starting a company, yeah, you have to read this book. And I think that I think uh, you know taught us a lot of things about like how to think about building this. But what I I think we made a lot of mistakes. Uh, things which some people told us not to do, we did. Some some things that no one told us shouldn't be done this way, and we we tried doing it. That was like the first thought. And I think most founders go through this. And I really like you know add up to the founders who kind of really like uh you know get going at that age and are really, really able to figure it out for us i think it took a, uh, some time at that time to it wasn't that we were doing things wrong it was just that you know we were not thinking correctly and uh, i think for us we got a lot of i think <clears throat> once bloom kind of came in they showed us a path and you know questioned the decisions that you know we also were making and uh, you know just put things in perspective 
when did you come in second year it uh, was around yeah around 2016 17 during that time okay. uh, is when bloom came in and uh, i think the i think the conversations that we started having uh, i think and what we still have today with amit just shows us like you know how big can we get right and right. Uh, the ambition right. just keeps on growing and i think that's that's great that's that's what we got because as i said right for the first couple of years i think our view was also very warped we knew that this could be a very big business but mm-hmm. you know to put a number on how big it can get and you know building it in a particular way and those that those feedback i think helped us a lot in setting the what were some of the mistakes what are some of the mistakes that you wish you could have avoided ah i think i think every most founders would say that in hiring i think uh and we did hiring correctly <laughs> uh yeah. because i think it's it's a dedicated job when you want to hire someone right uh, and i know this one founder like when he wants to hire he spends like okay these two weeks i will just hire and mm-hmm. uh, i think that is how it is uh and uh, you know don't think i think that was one mistake that we started overthinking we'll give more time to hiring uh we'll not kind of fall into the trap that we need someone right now to do this uh you know we recently had a, a chat internally with mukund from danto and he also said that he you know they made the same mistake initially and then you realize that you know you'd rather wait out and get the right person than make a quick hire because at an early stage you really start getting dependent on people inside the company um right. i think it's that and the second thing was uh, i think if i have to restart from today i think uh like being more uh, culture driven in the organization uh so i think and, and i think now the define the clear defining of the north star has really changed that for us right because uh no i think i think initially you know we were all young and the passion was there always and it's still there but now it's like very driven internally also that you know, when you you understand why you are making a decision and the teams also understand so i think that is the right. that that's something that we are really proud of right now um yeah and yeah i think uh, we would have loved to have a name a meaning for the name frap i think that was something that people always <laughs> ask us and we used to always like agree with someone who was saying especially like in a sales meeting so it's acha that it means free app say ha ha it means free app does it mean friendly app <laughs> like if the cmo of a company is asking you if it means friendly app or not at that moment i'm going to say yes but uh, i think yeah guys that's one thing i've realized right um is that names or, or brand names actually don't have to mean anything people spend yeah. way too much time thinking about it and uh it, i mean you don't need to spend that much time like you just need to get on with yeah. building what you're doing yep 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 i think um, i think initially also like when we started this like the it was called student splurge i still have that email id and uh, <laughs> then when we spoke to users for the first time and we were like this is not going to fly with yeah. anyone so we should like i have nothing to splurge like splurge for 600 rupees um, mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point did you also have uh, uh, you know you obviously have advisors and mentors from bloom um, did you also pick up along the way uh, folks that you could reach out to because uh, i would imagine it's quite a hard you know navigating the world with uh you know working with large companies you have to make a lot of decisions uh maybe some of these uh contracts can go up in, in a few lakhs and a crores um so did you have like a friendly uh voice to 
speak to did you you know have somebody on a helpline uh so initially i think the initial days uh you know at that point of time we were lucky to also get like some great angel investors throughout this journey uh and uh, i i met one of our angel investors which i at a event we were uh you know pitching at an iit bombay and they were very initial days and i think they've been like very supportive and uh, i have always been like a um like i just heard we had a session with manish sabarwal so he said you need to have a corporate hearing aid who kind of just tells you things that and i think that was that was the support system that we had initially uh over time i think we also were mo- a lot i think we started getting a very open with the team also uh and we yeah. also showed to the team that okay there is like we don't have all the right answers about how to do things right? we are a lot of times we are also learning on the go and trying to figure it out uh but you know we we we've been very open to kind of taking help uh externally if required if we want to speak about something and i think we uh i think uh, if i think we we should have done more of it if 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 anything else uh because i think this is the perspective uh that you get by listening to someone at times and the mistakes they made and i think this is a realization that has happened the last few months because we've just heard what an opportunity to hear the stories of so many uh, yeah. great entrepreneurs in india and uh thanks to like bloom for kind of helping us kind of get an insight into how people think and now i feel that okay we should have probably had an opportunity to like or we should have reached out to more people or reached out for more help than we did because it, yeah. it really uh, you know changes the way i think a lot of these are like years of learning that probably you would spend as a founder you know condensed right. into like one or two hours of just a conversation with someone right so we used to like uh, we've reached out to people on twitter directly that hey you know we want to learn about like this the so much data that we generate how can we make it valuable to some of the businesses that we work with and uh, then those people actually helped us with like Uh, making our initial decks with our fundraisers mm-hmm. just like you know it's a, a lot of other things that you know we would probably not have gotten the chance to do if we were not doing this so we we started reaching out to people uh and we also like took an understand that every conversation that we have with anyone is going to be like you know, you take it with a pinch of salt but also understand perspective at first you have to see what the other person thinks because they also have access or with more visibility at times on certain things that probably we don't have to, we don't have the visibility so i think that was um, like i think few of our angel investors few of the people we reached out to you know we really stayed stayed in touch at least in the initial days uh and uh, i think right now currently i would say that uh, you know we're getting a chance just to hear so many stories and uh, hear so many podcast actually to just to understand uh, how nice. people think or how what their journey was like and right. it really kind of puts things into perspective no this is uh, great i i think that's also the objective of doing podcast right to get people to share other stories because you kind of start relating with them and you know you're like okay everybody's in the same boat uh, you know this is how somebody went about solving it and maybe you can adapt it for our own journey and try to solve for any of like you know the challenges that may come our way um it has just been great uh you know chatting about footwork frap the story i'm sure we can go on i, I really want to dig uh, a lot deeper into the future of work and the distribution sales distributed sales force 
and a lot of other cool things but we may have to do uh, another session for that uh, this is being yeah. great thanks for your time dude thank you thanks a lot